the road to WrestleMania has really got going, but has it hit a few speed bumps? As today, we are talking about the WWE Elimination Chamber premium live event. Good afternoon, everyone, if you are joining us live here on YouTube, and welcome to Bunker Mania Wrestling, where we talk about pro wrestling here on the Bunker Mania channel. I am the giraffe of me, Jeremy Graves, and joining me to discuss what was an interesting WWE premium live event, to say the least, it is my partner in crime. Let's make a weird analogy. If in the video game world, we're playing Metal Gear Solid, if I'm Solid Snake, he's my Otacon. It is the Decadane, Mr. Ian Bolton. Good sir, how are you doing this Sunday afternoon? I am doing very, very well. Um, that, 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 uh, that, that video in reference, I, I don't know anything about. I know, I know. Oh, really? Of, I, I didn't know. know sorry. I, <laughs> I know, I know of Metal Gear. I know of Metal Gear, and I know of the, I know of the games, but I haven't actually properly played the games. So it's kind of like I know Solid Snake, and it's like. Yay! <laughs> well, I'll let you Google I mean, that after to, the fact then. <laughs> I'll, need to, I'll need to change all that, but, <laughs> but there you go. Good. Doing good. Before we go any further, folks, just to say, obviously, we are live as we are recording this. So if you are in the if you are in the chat, as it were, feel free to post your comments as we go along. We may read some out during the course of the program. But good sir, we are here to discuss WWE's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. It took place through the night, UK time, as it were, and there were other events going on as well, which may be different videos coming up, so stay tuned for those. But Elimination Chamber has been and gone. There was a heck of a lot of hype going into this show. From your point of view, general thoughts on what was this premium live event? I think for me, generally, um, I think it was pretty much all built around the main event of Sammy versus Roman, and we'll talk about how that match went, the result, and all that in a, in a few moments. But I think it was it was built around that. Um, everything in the build-up to that match as well, in, in terms of the SmackDown and the Raw promos before... Um, before the events as well were, were really good and it was it was a really good atmosphere i think the first thing to really highlight is the montreal crowd were absolutely superb throughout the entire not just smackdown but i think the entire weekend of shows they've had there in uh, for wwe so that that's a big highlight plus i think generally elimination chamber um it basically did what i think a lot of us expected in a way we obviously had those sort of slight sort of uh, sort of a slight little bit of doubt in the in the back of our minds, thinking, "Oh, maybe they might change it. Maybe it might go this way. Maybe it might go that way." And yeah, it it seems like we're still on course as planned in a lot of ways. But I still think this was. I think, with the exception of a few things, I think this this show was was pretty good. It was a pretty decent little show. Yeah, the crowd, in my opinion, elevated how this show came across. Because there were some things which we'll get on to, I just don't think landed very well at all, which we, we will discuss, as I say, as we go along. But the crowd elevated this to a whole new level. The emotion that they added, not just throughout the show, let alone the main event, and the ending segment in particular of SmackDown the night before, which if you've not seen it... After we're done here, go onto the BT Sport YouTube channel. You can watch the entire segment. It is pretty incredible how much that crowd is into it. But I suppose let's just, let's just let's dive straight in. Otherwise, we're going to sort of skirt around quite a few yeah, things for yeah, quite a while course. here. Oh, so the show opened up with the women's elimination chamber match to determine the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship, specifically who will challenge Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. It was ultimately Asuka defeating Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia, Carmella, and Nikki Cross. Now, first thing I want to point out, because I think this is actually a very smart decision, and this is more just like a... I guess like a behind-the-scenes element, but in the past, we've been told, oh, you know, a new pod will open, say, every five minutes or whatever. But they notably used very specific wording, which I don't know if they've been doing this, and I've only just noticed it for the past few years, but they used the specific wording of at regularly scheduled intervals. So they had a bit more of a get-out-of-jail-free when it came to when the pods opened, as it were. So I thought that was a very clever touch. That said... This was a weird chamber match. It was just weird. I, it, The whole thing to me, it felt very... I'm going to say it felt very short and rushed, ultimately. Because not a lot happened, and then everything happened very quickly. 
yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from on that. Um, I think that I think the the reason why it's probably it comes across like that is because in a story to, in the story aspect, and, and we talked about this on the predictions in the story aspect, there's not much going on with a lot of these competitors. The only storyline that we that we can kind of see straight away is Oscar, and that's why Oscar winning was the most logical choice, the choice I think a lot of fans wanted to see anyway. And the result that actually happened. It's its just like, there was no scenario where you could look and say, oh, will Carmella be a viable opponent for Bianca Belair? Probably not. Bonucci Cross? No. Natalia? No. More the hometown side of things. Liv Morgan? Possibly, considering her Rumble uh, her Rumble run in, in January. And then we also, we talked a bit about Raquel Rodriguez as well as a potential winner of this as well. Um, but no, it's just like, it was, it was only, it was only geared for one, one outcome, the right outcome, I still think, but yeah, there's not, there's not really much to kind of dig in a bit with the match, I suppose, there are some little, there are some little fun highlights that I, that I remember, I do, there's the, the, uh, the power bomb, I think, through the, the, the chamber door that took Nikki Cross out, which the cameras strangely missed as well, it was just like, yeah, oh, Nikki Cross. That, that's, sorry to interject, but that's another thing, some of the just general production of this show, Felt a little bit off. It's almost like someone maybe had a bit too much to drink the night before in Montreal's bars or something, and they were just a little bit slow on reacting to camera changes. But, but not to jump on your point further, but just to actually mention the eliminations, as it were, because I've actually written them down as I was going along what occurred. Mm. So it was uh, Nikki being eliminated, as you mentioned, after Raquel had basically, as I've written down, driven her through the pod door, <laughs> quite yes. simply. Because that's yes. basically what happened. <laughs> Carmella and Asuka did a double kick combination to Raquel to ultimately lead to Carmella pinning her, which I actually thought that was a really cool moment. That's... And it actually made Carmella look super good as well. Uh, it did, but I think before that we had Natalia and Asuka both uh, putting submissions on Liv Morgan, taking her out of the match second. I clearly wrote down my notes in the wrong order then, because I also yes. have noted here that, uh, that Liv was eliminated quote-unquote, she passed out, uh, via double submission from Natalia and Asuka, which did look brutal and pretty damn yeah. cool. Yeah. So no way to tap, only pass out, and it's kind of like, fair enough. You can't, I think you kind of hope that Liv would probably stay through to the end, but they, they were kind of building this sort of little in-ring story of Carmela just running around trying to avoid... Uh, a lot of things, mostly Oscar, and there's this great sort of, <laughs> there was this sort of great sort of thing of her just kind of bouncing around from pod to pod trying to avoid Oscar, and it got to the stage where uh, she shut the door and went, "Yes, I've stopped, I've stopped Oscar coming into this pod." Little did she know the back of the pod was still open, and Oscar just kind of went, "Oh, come on in, hello," and all and all hell broke loose. Yeah, it was amusing that part of it. Uh, Natalia yeah. was ultimately eliminated after she, I think, took a super kick to the face from Carmella. Yes. And Carmella's kicks in general actually looked really good during the match. I thought she had a good match overall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which then meant the final two was Asuka and Carmella, leading to Asuka getting a submission victory and becoming the number one contender, to the surprise of absolutely no one, but to the, to the sheer joy of absolutely everyone. Yes. Uh, like I said, and, I, and we said it in the predictions, I think a lot of us all just wanted to see Oscar versus Bianca. That's what we're going to get at WrestleMania. That's going to be a great match. Um, I think if we were, I think if they wanted to make this match probably a bit more meaningful and a bit more stakes, I think they should have tried to build up a bit more cohesive stories around the competitors inside the chamber as well, not just Oscar. Um, I think they did a, a decent little bit with like the like the the finale side of things of the near falls, the, the, the roll-ups, the counter roll-ups and all that sort of stuff because there's that there's that slight worry that Carmelo could have just suddenly grabbed a rope or something like that or just kind of hook of the tights or something like just to kind of secure that pinfall. But it was, it was after that nice little combination you go straight into like the, the current submission which I think might be sort of similar to the Rings of Saturn. I might be wrong there. Mm. Um, to get the win. Um, yeah, I, there's not really... There, I don't want to say this was a terrible match. It wasn't a terrible match. It, it was a match. But ultimately, again, the, the, the crowd elevated the perception of it, though. Yeah, yeah, and it was still, and it was really just built for one one outcome, mm. the right outcome, to be perfectly honest. Indeed, a couple of highlights from the match that I've written down as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Nikki Cross got to do her customary do a cross body off the top of the pod moment. <laughs> which is a really cool little moment <laughs> and uh, there was also a really cool spot which started from 
I want to say it was Raquel and Natalia doing something, but it ultimately oh, resulted yes. in Liv doing what was effectively a sunset flip power bomb from her diving off the top of the pod when Raquel yes. was standing on like the middle rope. It was an awesome moment. I remember this. Yes, I remember that. Again, it's like, I guess, again, I was like, again, I'm not trying to be negative on this match, but it's just like, I only realized those stuff happened when you just go, oh yeah, that happened as well. <laughs> it's like, okay, match. But, so like we said, Asuka is the winner and then we advance on to the next match, which was, as I've written down in my notes in all caps, meat fight. <laughs> <laughs> it was Bobby Lashley Let, versus Brock Lesnar. Let, let's clarify, meat, meat fight with a big asterisk next to it. Because it's like, okay, we started out like it was a bit of a meat fight. And then stupid bollocks happened. So let's cut to the chase of what the finish was. Bobby Lashley won via DQ because Brock Lesnar low blowed him while he was in the hurt lock. Yes. It's had, some, it's had some fun moments in it. There was, I think, a table got destroyed because a table got destroyed in nearly every match at this point. It wasn't a chamber match. Um, mm. it, it was, it was all right for a bit. Again, the crowd elevated this to a huge degree. You could tell Brock was well up for this when he got that reaction coming out. There was just yeah. that moment where you saw like the light bulb click on. Yeah, but it's just this was what it was. And as soon as they did the DQ finish, I just thought, okay, so we're doing a WrestleMania match. Yeah, makes sense. Sure. I mean, we we talked about it in predictions. It's like it, it seemed strange having this match at Elimination Chamber. Um, it seemed like, yeah, this wouldn't this wouldn't. There was there was something that was going to happen that would probably lead it to this this mania match. Um, but yeah, I think it started out so well. I think there were there were spears, there were fives, there were just power moves and stuff like that. It's, it's what exactly we wanted to happen. The the thing is, it's like I think if you're going to if if Lashley was going to win that, I think maybe maybe Brock should eat the pin or something like that, just to make Lashley actually feel credible. It just feels more like a throwaway, just because you don't want to see either man get pinned. You don't want to rob them of that sort of like monster aura that they have. But it just it was it was weird that Lesnar went to a heel tactic after winning the match for a couple of weeks on Raw, and then after that's like, oh well. I got DQ'd, I'm annoyed, F5 to the ref, F5 to Lashley, uh, F5 to Lashley and up through a table. Oh, and I'll just do the ref again one more time just because, eh, and Brock Lesnar. Uh, and off we go. And it's just like, narratively, it doesn't make a lick, lick of sense. The the extra big asterisk now is with the activities of SmackDown the night before, where Bray Wyatt decided to say, whoever wins that match, I want a piece of you at Main Yours, to that degree with Uncle Is Hardy. that so? I, I miss that. Yes! And it's like, all right, how are we? How after this are we going that direction? Is that is that happening after Mania? Are we going to get the rubber match or the proper rubber match between Lesnar and Lashley at Mania? And then after that, whoever wins that is going to have shenanigans of Bray Wyatt. I don't know. It's just it's weird. Maybe maybe Bray Wyatt will be a special referee. <laughs> I mean. It, I, I can imagine it might possibly work with Lashley versus Wyatt because if you're really going to start bringing in the faction or this Wyatt Six faction that's been kind of rumoured for a while and you've got Lashley and MVP slowly teasing like the reformation of the Hurt Business on Raw. Uh, again. Again, yeah. <laughs> you kind of think, okay, maybe this turns into like a faction war side of things. That's quite cool. That That's how I can envision Wyatt versus Lashley. I can't see Wyatt versus Brock ending well for either one of them, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> it's just, it's like, I will see, I'll see how it goes. But yeah, I'm just, it's like, I think if, if there was a decisive winner in this match, I would have been partially okay with the match. The downside is if there was an actual decisive winner, we then had to worry about the Wyatt side of things. And it's like, I, I I just don't know if that's gonna that's gonna pan out the way they hope. It just seems yeah. it just seems very slapdash. Which I hope it doesn't, but it's me. Mm. Now, one thing that did occur after the match was Lesnar got angry. 
if you had on your on your bingo card for this show, Lesnar gets angry. You you could check that box off, and then he proceeded to F five Lashley. I think through the table. I think this was when yes. the table bit happened, and uh, and also as soon as he lost, he kind of did that moment of thing when the ref was going, "Mate, you've lost," and he just went, "Come here," and then just grabbed him and F five him. It's like referee, look. I appreciate you've got a tough job, but if Brock Lesnar says when he looks quite angry, come here, never get close to him. And he had got no. F5'd on the outside as well, which like, that looked brutal. Yeah, it did. I mean, it, it's, a, it, it's a cool thing to see Brock Lesnar just lay people to waste or lay waste to people, but it's just after just, oh, I've low-blowed Lashley. Never mind. It's, again, yeah. it just it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense considering the build up to this match. Yeah, no, I mean, for, I, I, I mean on, a better a, yeah a better a better way I can imagine this probably could have done on elimination chambers. You have that you have that DQ finish, but have it as a bit of a false finish. So basically, just Brock and Le- uh, Brock and Bobby both go. No, no, no. We don't want this standard in DQ. We're 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 big, beefy, angry men. Who want to be the alpha male of the species? Don't care. Just they just ignore the referee. They just carry on fighting. I thought for a second they were just going to kind of carry on fighting, and then eventually it gets pulled apart on that sort of side. Again, still wouldn't be that satisfactory. But I can, I could kind of go with that than just Brock just going. Oh well, F five, F five, F five, F five. I won. You didn't, Brock. <laughs> but I won. You didn't. I'm going he, back to the farm. Come back. No, Brock. no, 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 no. At that point, then he's like. I won. Okay, Brock, you won. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and off he puts on his he puts on his cowboy hat, jumps on the tractor, and all the way back to the back to the ranch. For anyone curious, apparently that match's actual runtime was five minutes, just under. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't expect it to be like a twenty minute horse battle. Mm. I, I expected it between five and ten minutes, but again, it's like the ending leaves a very sour taste in in like the promise of what this match could have been and that's Mm. and that's the frustrating thing about this feud at the moment the feud is basically they've had really good moments in promos or little moments in matches but they haven't they haven't delivered that sort of match that you go yes i i can go with that it needed to be something like lesnar versus goldberg at, at mania for the universal title where it was basically all right power moves everywhere and then oh brock's won that's all it needs to be, and it couldn't even do that. Is it bad that when you when you just said Lesnar v Goldberg, the first one I defaulted to was WrestleMania twenty? Yeah, that's what that's why I had to kind of add in the Universal Title because yeah. I know that one wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> Next up on the show, it was mixed tag action as Edge and Beth Phoenix, essentially a hometown, well, not even a hometown, but a home country return. There was also a fun in a fun fact on commentary that it's the first time that Edge had wrestled in Montreal for 17 years or something ludicrous like that, which is oh, a wow. mental stat. But they ultimately defeated the Judgment Day duo of Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley, and Dominic was with them as well. Yes. This was pretty good fun, actually. It, was, it, it wasn't it was like, a, for want of a better phrase, it wasn't a really freaking long Edge match. It went about just under 15 minutes or so, I think. Decently paced, some fun moments in there. Beth and, and Rhea pummeled each other, which was freaking great. Uh, Edge had some great moments involving Balor. Dominic got chased out because he was being a bit of a div, as he's one to do. <laughs> uh, which I half expected Ray to come out and was in a way shocked when he didn't, but fine. Ultimately, it came to the point where, I can't remember what it was, but Beth did something to Rhea on the outside, and then this led to Edge being in the ring, and him and Beth ultimately did FTR's finisher of the Shatter Machine on Balor to get the win, which was a really nice, fun moment, especially because if you've seen the documentary about Edge's... I was going to say first comeback because it feels like he has come back multiple times at this point. But if you've seen that documentary on the network, it was the now Cash Wheeler, whose WWE name has totally gone out of my mind, who was the one that helped train to get him ready for the comeback. So that was kind of a nice little, yeah, nice little moment there. So a nice little callback, if you will. Yeah, I think I think for me the 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 card kind of really picked up from this match because it's very it's a very sports entertaining side of things. It's not like not like the wrestling clinic that you you would expect things sometimes to be, but it was just like shenanigans. You had you had Dom getting involved with brass knuckles, running out, 
coming back in because he's just enjoying getting all that heat. Um, no, I, yeah, I, the, I, the, the crowd had had had, had feelings for Dominic, very yes, negative ones. Yes, <laughs> Dominic's a bit of a dick. <laughs> that's I think that's I think that's what happens wherever Dominic just appears in an arena. Where I was like, he's a bit of a dick, but not not go away heat. This is more yes. We know you're you're an evil heel, and we don't like you because you you kicked your dad at Clash of the Castle. Despite the fact that when Dom kicked when Dom kicked Ray at Clash of the Castle at the at the Wrestle to Watch Along I was at, everyone cheered. It's like with the with the chanting "Hit your dad, hit your dad." So it's like it's like so you want him to hit Ray, but you don't want him to be the uh, it's. Uh, Proud to see. It's almost just kind of. Like, this is a very weird analogy to make, but hopefully you get what I mean. It's almost like in every new town that they go to, that's not experienced evil Dominic Mysterio. It's kind of like a new little toy that everyone wants to play with. and go, oh, oh, we can do something new here. Like let, let's experiment. Yes. And then they yes. say, "F you, Dominic." That's what they decided to do. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I I enjoyed this match. It. As we talked about it on the predictions, we, we kind of went, this was going to go two ways. If, if Edge and Beth were going to win, Finn's getting pinned, which is what exactly happened mm-hmm. from the Shatter Machine. And if Judgment Day was going to win, it's going to be Rhea pinning Beth. Um, but no, I think what I think the highlights I had with it was basically Beth and Rhea kind of really, really slogging out was really good. It's like two powerhouses. And it's like, yes, this is, this is exactly what we knew would probably happen. That's a good thing. I mean, they could... There's probably room if this if the Judgment Day feud is continuing. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? Maybe there's a room down the line just maybe for like one Raw or maybe like a Raw ahead of Mania. They have like a match to really kind of again build Rear up because we're on. We've got we've got the six weeks now towards Mania. We need to start properly kind of. Presenting her as another well, we already feel like she's a credible challenger to to Charlotte, but I think we've got to put it into a position where we we feel absolutely certain that Rhea is going to beat Charlotte, or basically put her on that same level as Charlotte. Yeah, I um, think in, yeah. in in a sense they all she in a way needs to separate from the Judgment Day for a bit, just kind of almost mm. go if the Edge stuff is going to continue, which at this point I kind of hope it isn't. Because that feels like that was a very definitive resolution, in a way, and the only out the only outlier from it technically now was the Ray and Dom thing. Mm. So I would like to think that the Edge involvement is now done when it comes to Judgment Day, and then maybe Rhea's going to go. Look, I've got a really flipping big opportunity here. I need to kind of just focus on that a bit more. So I'm going to focus on. The- I'll still hang about and whatnot and help you guys out as needed, but. This is my main focus. So then she's kind of brought in when needed. And maybe that's how then Ray gets involved and she just goes, look, I'm your mummy, but you've got to man up and sort this out. I need to focus yeah. on Charlotte. That might be one way of doing it. Yeah, that might be. That might be one way. I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, the, at the press, the press conference after Elimination Chamber, Edge kind of set his sights on someone else. Uh, to answer an open challenge. We'll, and incidentally, that leads into the next match we're actually talking about. So we'll have to see. I mean, maybe there might be... Again, it's like, if it feels like... If this is the end of the feud, great, fine, happy with that, let's move on. If it continues more, it, it needs to end at Mania. And because that's where that's kind of where the whole Judgment Day kind of thing began. So if you've got that year-long, year-long path... For this kind of like the birth of Judgment Day, Judgment Day kick out Edge, Edge and Judgment Day at war, it all ends at Mania. We move on. I could be fine with that, but yeah, either way will work. But it can't go past Mania for me. That then leads us on to the next match, which was the men's elimination chamber match of the evening, specifically for the United States Championship, which saw Austin Theory successfully defend against Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest, Bronson Reed, and Montez Ford. This was a really fun chamber match. It started with Rollins and Gargano, and I think that helped set a much quicker pace than what the women's match had. And that's not to to just throw shade on the women's match, but like we said, it just kind of felt it was there, and then it was just rushed to the end. 
Whereas this throughout felt a lot more dangerous, if that makes sense, or it felt like there was a lot more going on, I should say, and sort of varying degrees of things that they chose to do. Some of the big moments in the match, I mean, Montez Ford, freaking heck, he was like Superman in this match. It was amazing. It, he was, it, he, that thing I talked about in, in the prediction video where I kind of really wanted him to win, but I also thought even if he didn't, he is going to have a proper big performance in this. That happened in this. Like he, everyone was so into him and all, everything he was doing looked fantastic as well. He was on a bit, he was almost on, a, on another level compared to some people in the match and it really worked out well for him. Yeah. I mean, he, he was, it was quite, I think a lot of it, obviously from his uh, move repertoire, you saw quite a bit of the rock there. The way he was punching had real, the way he was punching had like proper, um, like had that sort of theatrical oomph behind it, which is kind of what you got from the rock in early days. He, he was about rock, to do the people's elbow. He was about to do his version of the people's elbow, which was kind of like, no, he's not. And it's like, Evil Hills stopping from doing that. But, I feel, also I, but a- before you continue, I feel the need to give him massive credit for not having an elbow pad and instead taking off the wrist tape. Yes. <laughs> Just, I laughed so hard at that, but I love that little attention to detail. It was magical. Oh, uh, but um but yeah, it's like even like Ford also did a rock bottom of all things as well. And it's like It's yeah. a damn good one as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for the ch- the chamber match, absolutely. It's like it's like we said, we hoped it would be the Montez Ford coming out party as a solo performer, and it, and it absolutely delivered. He was absolutely great, great fun. I think everyone in the match actually had their moments to to really kind of shine. And I think, considering I think we were kind of probably not say completely lukewarm, but we were just kind of going, okay, well, this is a match that's coming. There's only kind of a few story beats coming into this one. Uh, everyone, everyone, I think comes out better. Really, I think there's there is potential there for some really good feuds. I mean, Gagano absolutely was having having fun in this match. I love the little moment where <laughs> I love the moment before the really crazy powerbomb reversal off the top of the one of the top of the chamber doors or t- uh, chamber pods is when Rollins and Gargano are just sat on the platform, just kind of going, "Yeah, it's." It's tough, this match, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to chest slap you now. <laughs> just, was, it, it was just that moment when you could tell, like, Johnny Gargano had to do everything in his power to not swear because he kind of pretty knew <laughs> it's coming, but I don't know when. And when it just hit him, you could tell he went, ah! Oh! <laughs> it was so good. But you know what else? Yeah. Well, Damien Priest looked great in the match as well. Bronson Reed, for what he was involved in, which wasn't a lot in the grand scheme of things, had some yeah. great moments as well. Everyone had really great moments. And Austin Theory, he got to have a fun little storytelling thing and everyone just kept decking him and basically getting him out the way. Yes. And he kind of, in a way, weaseled his way through to the end, which was quite amusing. Yeah, considering that he was F5'd off, like, one of the, the chamber chamber roofs uh, in uh, in last year. It's like, oh, yeah, a year being out of the limited chamber has made him a better person. <laughs> Narrative-wise, not actually performer. He's he's been pretty good. He's very good as a performer. But it's just kind of like, yes, he's overcome being F five off the top of the chamber to doing doing his little thing and retaining the belt. Um, but no, I think I think the I think the way that the finish came in played into what we kind of predicted in terms of setting up programs, mostly for Rollins, because there was this long sort of bit of oh Montez Ford looks injured, and it's kind of like, well, I haven't seen the dreaded. X, X thing. So he's he's clear, he must clearly be right. And basically, the longer the door was remaining open, I was going, yeah, someone's coming through that door, aren't they? And it's probably going to be Logan Paul. So if I may, to sort of try and add some context for how this played out, because it was mm. it was very well crafted the way they did this, and it, it sort of justified things very well. It came down to a point where the final three, if memory serves, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was ultimately Montez Ford, Seth Rollins, and Austin Theory. Yes. Austin Theory was just kind of out of the way at this point. So it was Rollins and Montez having a bit of an exchange. It got to the point where Ford like started just diving over the top rope at people on various sides of the chamber, and it was great fun. He was just flinging himself into the cage and people just running wild. Yeah. But then he went for a frog splash on Theory and Theory got his knees up. And where Ford ended up, 
he basically was in the position for the stomp. And I can't remember if this was the... St- was it a stomp just on the, like, the outside skirting bit? Yeah, and then so he got, head, head on the... Uh... Yeah, he got stomped and then ended up back in the ring. Theory covered him and eliminated him. And Rollins and Theory kind of keep fighting. But Montez Ford, to put it bluntly, just isn't moving. <laughs> he's breathing, mm. but he's not moving. And, he, and you could tell the ref is looking at him sort of going, Hey, move. Roll <laughs> out done. the cage. Roll yeah. out. And then after about 20, 30 seconds, they start calling in more officials to help out Ford. And there's kind of that moment where you're thinking, did he actually get knocked out? Like, what's the deal here? Because you have that moment of, this is either really freaking convincing or he's legit been, like, knocked a bit silly, which is entirely possible given what he had Mm. to take. And it got to the point where he started sort of getting helped up. The crowd were giving him... In a weird way, it was a very good moment to give him a reaction that he deserved as well for his performance Mm. in the match. It was a way just to give him a really good send-off. for Again, not from the company, for the match. So he's kind of being gradually helped towards the chamber door and whatnot. And Rollins and Theory are just carrying on fighting. And then it gets to a point where they're sort of... The angle they're showing is from the perspective of you're outside the door looking in and they get forward to the edge of it and you suddenly see him kind of lose his footing and he kind Mm. of sort of mini collapses and they change the camera angle really rapidly so you can't see what the hell is happening at this point. Ford is then gone. We assume he got carried out or just thrown out. Who knows? One or the other. Hopefully not the latter. Which then led to Rollins about to hit the stomp on Theory and there's just a moment where there's a little bit of what's he waiting to do. And suddenly Logan Paul comes just pelting it down, leaps into the cage, hits what I'm hits the not buckshot lariat, clocks Rollins, <laughs> and then rapidly runs out the door, closes the door, stands like starts climbing the cage a bit, and I'm thinking, oh god, what are you gonna do now? And he just stands there just laughing, going, ha! Kind of like Rollins in a way. And then Theory hit the A-Town down and got the win. And so it is basically confirmed that Rollins is going to face Logan Paul, as we were predicting based on what happened at the Rumble and various other online things that have been said, according to Logan Paul in the the two-camera promo that he was doing on his way out. Mm. And uh, yeah, this was a really, really fun match. I kind of of wish that the women's match was able to have been something akin to this. Because this had so many different moving parts, so many different dynamics happening because of the performers they had. And in a weird way, it's a shame the women's match didn't get to have that. And part of me wonders, what if Asuka had just been in there from the beginning to end? But then you kind of get why they didn't do that, because it basically would have been two of the same story in the chamber match, in many ways. Yeah. Across two different chamber matches. But either way, Austin Theory wins and retains in what was a great elimination chamber match. Yes, I'm just having a quick look in the YouTube chat. Uh, Harriet Manga Girl, hello, uh, uh, came through with a comment saying, uh, the, men's elimination cha- uh, the Men's Elimination Chamber match was definitely one of the best I've seen in a while. I can't recall enjoying a Chamber match as much as this one f- in a while, to be perfectly honest. Um, maybe, maybe apart from when, I think the last one I generally probably enjoyed was when, I think, Bray won the title inside it, and that's 26... 26- no. 2017. Was that, the one that, was that the one that led to the Worms match with Randy Orton at Mania? Yes. Yes, okay. it did. Yes, it did. That was the one-week title reign of John Cena, or two-week title reign of John Cena. For that one. <laughs> For that one. Um, but no, yeah, I think this was a very good match. I think out of the Chamber matches, it's the best one. Um, yeah, I think other than the main event, probably check out this one. Because I think even... Even as a neutral, I think you'll enjoy some of the uh, some of the action, some of the moves, some of the, the big spots as well. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's lovely Elimination Chamber carnage is what we wanted to see. Indeed. Oh, and like I say, everyone in that match had a really good showing as well, which also lends well. You know what else had a very good showing, to a point which we'll discuss more than likely, the main event. Earlier in the evening, we saw Roman Reigns getting hyped up by Paul Heyman while he was drinking blatantly an an empty can of energy drink to get ready (laughs) for this match. And the first person out was Roman Reigns this time, as opposed to being second, which commentary very 
I'll say cleverly noted, but luckily noted. They said it's the champion's prerogative for when he wants to come out in the context of a match. And it's mm. like, okay, good. You've covered that, at least on commentary as to why that's this is happening. Because in some ways it makes no sense. And the night before on SmackDown, as we alluded to, Sammy came out for a promo, which it's a 10 minute segment where he only spoke for about a minute of it. <laughs> Because that's the kind of reaction he was getting. But one of the big moments in this, or the, just the, the big atmosphere, the atmosphere creation of this entire thing, is the fact, as you rightly called Ian, and quite frankly, we all wanted, he's gone back to his old music. And my word was everyone having a laugh singing along to this, and just passionately as well. This, this is the prime example of it when you've got the stars aligning and you've got the hometown guy in the main event challenging for the title, this is just like, it's like a hot knife through butter. It's perfect. You can't Mm. do it any other way. And this match, it was really, really good fun. There's a heck of a lot to digest in it in terms of the story element, but Sammy was getting pummeled for a decent chunk of it, but Sammy also took it to Roman for a decent chunk of it as well. And there was his wife and kids, I think, or at least significant other, I'm not sure if he's married, full disclosure, I don't know, in the front row. So that was playing into it, including one point when Roman had basically held him like by his head in front of his family. One of his kids is just crying, <laughs> literally just crying there. <laughs> just wonderful moment. And then Sammy manages to fire up and then promptly just quickly runs back over to his wife, kisses her and runs back in the ring. <laughs> just just awesome drama in this match. Just so, so good. And the big moments that this comes to is there was a moment where there was a ref bump. And I can't remember exactly how it occurred, but effectively the ref got taken out, which led to Sammy getting a clear visual pinfall on Roman and the crowd counting but the ref not being there. Mm. This led to Jimmy coming out, if I, if I remember correctly. I might be getting these in the wrong order now. But either way, there was ultimately also a second ref bump. And throughout all the course of this, Jimmy had come out and had pummeled Sammy a little bit, but Sammy was still fighting. That Montreal crowd were just willing him on, and he would not quit. Or if you want to steal a Matt Hardy line, he would not die, quite frankly, going back to that phase of Matt Hardy's career. Mm. The crowd is just electric for this. And there's part of you that's thinking, you, surely at this point, I was basically of the point, uh, when it was getting to all of this, my feeling was, I feel like you've got to pull the trigger and make Sammy win. It, it just, it feels, it just felt too perfect to not do it. And then we get to a point where there is a second visual pinfall on Roman. And at that point, my brain, and I'll let you guess in, in a moment here so we can talk about what else happens. But at this point, I'm thinking, if you're going to do two, surely third time's a charm because I don't recall there having been two very clear visual pinfalls on Roman like that. Mm. No, I don't recall. I don't recall. Mm. I don't recall. Because there was, I think in a lot of Reigns' matches, especially the previous ones with Kevin, previous one with Drew, there are ones where there are pretty much visual pinfalls there it seems it seems to be part of the staple it's just like most roman matches do have a ref bump this one just had two for the price of one um strange ones as well in terms of i think one was one was superman punch and the second was just oh we're just colliding in a corner oh no let us just <laughs> gin, let us just gingerly just thrash about in the corner and it's like oh no woe is me i am i am down ref down save me ref people you kind I've, of I've, I've, I've just double checked as well. Uh, Jimmy came down after the first ref bump, just to clarify. First, first, yeah. You kind of you kind of think at this stage, if you know the if you know your Roman Reigns match is going to end with a ref bump, maybe have a second ref just ready at the ring to go. But then that, I think. guess that robs it. You that kind of robs it of the drama, I suppose. Yeah. So to do a, to do a quick summary, and so then I'll, I'll let you elaborate on your thoughts, then, as it were, yeah. as to what unfolded. So we've had the first ref bump. Jimmy's come down. He super kicks Sammy to hell. Sammy ultimately kicks out after a pinfall attempt from Roman and also takes out, ends up taking out Jimmy. This then leads to Roman talking down to Sammy. 
and then just baiting him into a hard slap. And I'm reading this recap here per the Wrestling Observer for a point of reference. Okay. Sammy then avoided a Superman punch, which then hit the se- which then hit the second referee for the second ref bump of the match. Heyman then handed Roman a chair. This is when Jey Uso, literally like he just teleported, he just appeared. No one knows where the hell he came from. He didn't come down from the entrance ramp, he just appeared. It was freaky, but it was great. And at this point, Jey Uso is standing in between Roman and Sammy. And then Roman wants to hit Sammy with the chair, but instead... Jay, you can tell Jay is still in that conflicted phase of things. And so he then just hands and hands Jay the chair. And we're basically getting here a flashback, a callback, PTSD to the Royal Rumble. What is about to happen here? And Roman turns around so Jay can quite clearly hit him if he wants to. Just a fantastic moment. This is when Jay wouldn't, Jay just wouldn't hit him. He wouldn't. He could, it wasn't that he wouldn't. He just didn't. He was conflicted as to whether he could. That's how I'm describing it, as opposed to he actually wouldn't. And this at this point, Sammy popped up, went to go for a spear, but Roman moved out the way, clocked Jimmy, uh, sorry, clocked Jay, excuse me, instead. And then Sammy was also, at this point, well, obviously, I should say, concerned about Jay. This then led to Roman repeatedly whacking Sammy with the chair, hitting the spear, and getting the win. Thoughts? Um, in terms of storytelling, I thought this was very, very well done. Um, this is like, I didn't realise, I think I was listening back, I think it might have been like, the. I think it might have been the WrestleTalk review of this, but I didn't realise like the whole main event was I think nearly about an hour. In terms of everything from like entrances to, yeah. so not like the match was an hour, but like the whole kind of, the segment, of the show. if you will. The whole yeah. segment of that match is is roughly an hour, including video package, entrance, match, what happens at the end as well. And it's just like it's it's like they knew this was like like their big sort of big masterpiece theater of, of wrestling. And it's like they spend they spend like five minutes not even touching. It's just the crowd is really kind of amplifying like Obviously, the people and the people of Montreal and Sammy versus Roman, um, and yeah, and it's like even even for like normal wrestling things of like holds and stuff like that, it's like this is all about the story. I mean, it's like it's especially with the bloodline stuff, it's all about the story. The wrestling doesn't have to be amazing or tip top if you're able to bring in that story and make it work in the confines of the match. People are going to lap it up, even if even if it's not like like an AEW match or new japan match or stuff like that and it's just again it's like it's it's the little things like roman does in the match the trash talking the whole bits with sammy's wife at ringside is is terrific character work because it's like oh it's like i I was gonna bring him into my family i was gonna help him make you guys lots of money we were all gonna be a happy family happy family together and now i have to do this (laughs) it's just it's just terrific villain work really terrific villain work as well and it's it's like i think it's it's those little moments that i i've really enjoyed in reigns reign as champion this is basically it's not it's not being able to actually have these victories it's just like it's the character moments it's the facial reactions it's the engagement of the crowd it's like it's like you're trying to process a little bit of of how he engaged with the crowd. It's like, oh, he's like, you're, 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 not, you're, not, you're not cheering for me. How dare you not cheer for me? And that sort of stuff. Or even like if he gets punched or something like that, it's just like, oh, I'm just annoyed that you've hit me in that sort of way. Um, yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot here. There's a lot here. I think the finish, I, because I predicted the finish was Jay was going to super kick Sammy and confirm the path we're going on. But it didn't happen like that. So it's kind of like, okay, storyline perspective we're not necessarily sure where we're going um really here with jay is it going to be is it going to be jay just assumes that sammy did it on purpose or is, yeah, gonna is be, there going to be manipulation involved quite frankly yeah mm. manipulation from brains that sort of things because even after the match and you you had you had uh jimmy and roman beating down uh sammy ko came out as we i think we most of us kind of expected who 
um, delivered stunners to everyone left, right, and center, even Paul Heyman for for having the audacity to sort of say, "I'm sorry, Kevin, but 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 we, I could, you could be my guy." He's like, "No, have a have a stunner for <laughs> for, for good measure," all that sort of stuff. Um, but what we kind of thought and and kind of believed might have happened, like, "Oh, this is going to be the big reunion," didn't necessarily happen. It's like, sure, Kevin stepped out of the way so Sammy could deliver her louver kick. But Kevin was just going, all right, well, I've done my stunners. I don't think there's much more for me to do right here, right now. So it's like there's there's a lot more open. I mean, obviously, we're about six six or so weeks away from, from Mania. So there's a lot more storytelling to happen on this. But it's like you still don't know which way it's kind of going. I still... I still think that the course is going to be we are going to see Sammy and Kevin challenge for the tag team title. Some people kind of feel like it's a demotion after this sort of storytelling from Sammy, but it's like again, it's like, I, I totally understand where where these fans are coming from in terms of how WWE have this organic baby face over the course of nine, eight, nine, ten months with in in front of the cameras, but. And I've said this on I've said this on episodes before. I still think it's about the overall story, and there and there's still so many different story elements involved in this. We still have the Kevin Owens factor. We still have the J factor, and I think to kind of push it all to the side because we want to see Sammy be world champion, or it should be Sammy and Roman more than ever. It's kind of like again ultimate disservice. I think it does a disservice to the overall storytelling that they've been doing. For the last nine months as well, so I am I am happy. I'm ha- I, if they go for tag team belts, I am happy with that because I feel from a narrative perspective it will work. Um, it just yeah, if it was kind of like oh, Sami Zayn just randomly teams up with I don't know, let's just say Sheamus and goes after the tag team belts, doesn't make much sense. It just seems very slapdashy together. But because everything is so intricately connected in this storyline it kind of makes sense oh i say i say it kind of makes sense it makes sense and that's a nice thing i think i think the the big thing is it's all about the storytelling and the fact that this this match is just the latest chapter of arguably a very high great high point and creative for wwe right now it's kind of like yeah let's see let's see how we go if i may add perhaps a unique and quite possibly unpopular counterpoint to this. Okay. I think for what they wanted to accomplish, for what they ultimately did on this show, I don't think they could have done it any better, if I put it that way. Mm -hmm. But I think what they did actually did a disservice to the story. And I was genuinely disappointed when this show went off the air. And it's a weird comparison to make, but I... I kind of got, I got as a fan, very heavily invested in this. And it wasn't to say I really thought Sammy, you know, will win or should win. It was just that thing of, it feels like the stars are aligning here. And it's, are you, it's like Drew at Clash at the Castle. At that Mm. point, if there was going to be a time to get the belt off Roman, why not do it in front of a rabid hot 60,000 seater crowd? Because it would be that forever moment of you think back on it and you'll never forget it. This is kind of an equivalent of that, but I it's not that particularly that I think did a disservice to the story. I think it's the fact there was interference in this match. Because every single title match, it's the same thing. Roman gets to a point... Uh, Heyman's involvement aside, because in the grand scheme of things, it's minuscule. But, you know, Jimmy and or Jay come down, get involved, throw a bajillion super kicks, title match over, move on. That's kind of what it's got to at this point with every single Roman title defense. And this was the one time based on how personally, what's the word I want to use? How personally aggrieved Roman was at the entire situation that Sammy had created. This was the one time where I thought this was going to be, no, no, Roman's going to say, I'm doing this. Don't get involved or there will be consequences and actually stick to that because it was kind of implied that he had told everyone else to stay away. And this was kind of the one time I thought Roman has to do this on his own and actually prove a point in a way because otherwise we're going into a WrestleMania now and assuming, for example, it's Roman v. Cody, just going on that assumption, 
are we just going to get interference in the main event of that? Because at this point, I can't recall a title defense where there's not been interference for Roman. Uh, if we're going, for, if we're going back, um, I don't recall there was much interference with the John Cena match. I can't remember. I can't remember there being much interference on the John Cena match. I might be wrong there. Definitely with the Daniel mm. Bryan match in the Thunderdome after Mania. I don't recall there being much interference as well. So I think that they are. There are times where Roman doesn't need the interference per se. I think yeah. in certain circumstances where the story needs it, like say Last Man Standing with Brock, that makes sense. With Clash of the Castle, the interference is more to introduce a new character to the fray, really. Um, so yeah, I mm, I can but see again, your point. Again, it, it's it, this is the thing. I appreciate I might be in a minority on this. It's not to say, what mm. again, what they did, they probably did it as best they could. It's just in that moment, I think it would make Roman look far stronger in the situation if he'd have done pretty much... If he'd have used chairs and tables or whatever, fine, but him doing it, not anyone else doing it. And I think mm. that's the point now where I'm at. Is this just the way it's going to be? Like, it's uh, Here's a comparison, because I think you've mentioned it a few times. It's like Britt Baker title defences for a while when she was AEW's women's champion. Oh, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. Was almost, it was always like, okay, is it Jamie Hayter and or Rebel getting involved every single time? Like, when's that going to change? And I seem to recall that was irking you quite a bit at the time. I think this is yeah. my equivalent of that now, that this is where it's at. But because of all the storyline elements specifically, that's why I kind of felt just disappointed in the way this ultimately played out, just for that reason, like I say. Yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from on that. I kind of feel, I think a bit, well, no, well, no, I think the, the I don't recall with, so I was trying to think of the Rumble match to see if there wasn't anything to kind of, interference was there. I mean, there was the storyline of Reigns wanting Sammy to kind of, get involved and Sammy not getting necessarily involved. But I don't recall seeing Usos there until after the match, possibly. I might be wrong there. Uh, maybe, but, um, maybe it's just because... Of, I mean, that said, I actually enjoyed that title defence, so maybe that's why I don't yeah. remember it. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird as that sounds. I, I, I think right now, in terms of the Bloodline storyline, you've got, with the interferences, there are that there is that added extra story element to it. So there is something a little different about the interferences at the moment. Again, it's like Clash of the Castle, you've got Solo coming in. Royal Rumble, you have you have Sammy there kind of trying to possibly do the park final test and so forth. Here we've got Jay struggling kind of really wanting to deck Roman with that chair, but still not strong enough to pull the trigger and unfortunately gets a spear, an accidental spear for his for his troubles. So I feel I feel when it comes to mania, I feel we might see another we might see another ref bump or something like that, but I also feel like from a storyline perspective, it's going to be kind of different, or it should be kind of different. I think with Mania, if we are taking the belts off Roman at Mania to for Cody, I think this is probably the point where the Bloodline don't help him, or basically it's kind of like Bloodline have enough, or the Bloodline just literally implodes and through the through the interferences, and that's how Cody will probably take the belts. Mm. Um, or, or to add to that, it may also come down to where what's the way to phrase this point to make it makes sense where in the context of wrestlemania weekend is the is the other bloodline activity happening and when yeah because if it happens earlier in the night for example and they're all, all effectively taken out it makes perfect sense why they wouldn't be there to help roman true true but, uh, um, but like but like i say i also appreciate i'm probably very much in a minority with this opinion and it's again it's just because of the way i felt and i think it's because i got so invested in it on a fan level and there was just that point when I, that's kind of, that was my mindset going in. And I liken it to how I felt when it was FTR challenging to be quad, quadruple champs in AEW. In that I just thought, this won't happen again. They've got to do it. They've got to pull the trigger on this. And it was a great match, but ultimately they didn't. And I was really genuinely disappointed. Because I just thought, you're never going to get that chance again. Even if they have just held the titles for a week and lost them again a week later you're never going to get that moment again. So it's sort of something akin to that. But also, you mentioned the Kevin Owens stuff afterwards. It was cool he came out. I kind of wish, even though there's kind of clearly that frosty tension which they're going to smooth over at some point, I kind of wish there had even just been a moment of them face-to-face -face in the ring. 
and maybe just, just like just a little quick, almost like a fist bump or just a nod of acknowledgement because they didn't even do that. It was just them staring at each other. You kind of almost want something just to give the crowd. And then ultimately, it just, the show went off the air with Sammy just kind of really taking in what's happened. Mm. And he's getting appreciation from the fans, but the genuine disappointment that all those fans were left with as the show went off the air, it was kind of that thing of, could you not have given something? Like, something. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's their way of kind of, it's kind of like when all hope is lost, something will happen eventually down the line towards Mania. Mm. Maybe that's what's probably going to happen. Um, I think, um, what was it? West of Fork had a really good observation of it being like, it's like it's like your favourite character being killed off at a TV show or in a movie. It's kind of like, yeah, it sucks to wind out, but I think that was the desired effect. And mm. if we're kind of feeling who on earth's going to beat Roman, obviously there's the Cody factor coming into this. But I, f- I think there's still room for, for Sammy to return to, to to dealing with Roman down the line at some point, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember I remember having kind of like the same kind of feeling when Drew didn't win at Cla- Clash of the Castle. Mm. It's just like it, it, all the stars seem to align there, but it just, yeah, it didn't happen, deflate, but it's just kind of like we've gone down the line, we've kind of gone, okay, I can see probably why we didn't do that now from a narrative perspective but also from a business perspective because rain rains is rains is the guy the guy rains is the one (laughs) yeah he is he is the one and it's like as as much as you kind of think they can't they can't not have him in like the main event of wrestlemania it's not like he's like it can't be it it, it could be shanty sammy versus cody it's like you need roman you need Roman in a way, and, and the fact is that the reign he's had, kind of like the the impact the character and the bloodline have had. You, you just if you if you want to put the best best possible card and the best possible matches and the and the big and the big money match, I think the big money match is Reigns versus Cody, and the, and at the moment fans are happy with the fact that Cody's going for the title. Fans want to see Cody go for a title. Fans are going to see Cody go for a title. And fans got to see Ray, uh, Sammy go for a title. It's just, I think the nice thing about it is possibly, I think the, I think the real frustration is the fact that we're in the Reigns reign at the moment. And I think once the Reigns' title run is done. Once he's lost th- the Reigns. Yeah, once he's lost the Reigns, the Reigns of the belt. I, I feel like there may be a bit more breathing room to see performers like Sammy, to see performers like Kevin and other stars at that top main event level to have their run with a belt or something like that. Because you can't keep the bo- both belts together still. It's like, I think around this point, we couldn't see how an undisputed championship would work. And it's kind of had its advantages in a storytelling aspect, but really you're kind of, you're kind of bottlenecking who on earth could possibly pick up the belt. So it's kind of like, the sooner the belts off reigns, the better. But I think the natural conclusion... It feels like we're back to the Brock Lesnar situation now. <laughs> it is. It is. But I, I, I kept, with the current storyline, it makes sense. It's like, I think if it's... It's like I said with, with Judgment Day and the Brock, Brock and, and Bobby match. If it's done at Mania and it's all said and done and those belts are off him and the, world's are, the world is everyone's oyster with this, great. Because I can imagine... Because I can definitely imagine Cody winning the belts at Mania... And kind of going, I have these belts, but I believe the people deserve more than one ultimate champion. So I'm going to keep the WWE champion because because that's the one I came for. I would like to relinquish the Universal Championship and let a new new person be crowned, which they could probably do on the SmackDown after Mania or something like that. If it went that way, mm. per se. I mean, hey, the main event could still end up being a three-way. It could do. Which is something could that I be. mentioned. Because that's the other thing as well. To sort of try and, for want of better phrasing here, but to sort of moving away from Elimination Chamber in terms of what's next. Because either way, show is done. The main event, in terms of emotional investment, home run. That's yes. clear from the way we've both discussed this, how I'm guessing other people online have probably reacted to it. Because full disclosure, everyone, I've not been on the internet all day because I wanted to just 
keep my thoughts how they how they are, or as it were, without it being clouded by other opinions and stuff. So that's what I've presented from my point of view here today, and I don't know anything else that's gone on. But in terms of where we go next, Monday Night Raw is tomorrow, Monday, Monday the 20th of February, depending on when you may be watching this at a later date. So no doubt we'll start finding out what the next direction is. Will Roman show up on Raw to, for want of a better word, confront Cody? So we get that first hint of main event WrestleMania activity. We'll probably start seeing some other things being built, like Charlotte and Rhea could be one example. In fact, no, that'll be SmackDown, won't it? So I guess it'll be Bianca and Asuka. One would assume we'll start to get a bit more reaction to that or things building up. Maybe the tag team titles thing, that's got to happen at some point, whatever's going on with that. There are other championships, the US title. Maybe we'll see what's next for Austin Theory. Now is probably the time this coming week when the first pieces of what will the two-night WrestleMania be, prop, like in terms of how, what matches will there be, we'll probably start to get our first clear hints as to what else may be coming. Yeah. I think uh, I think a lot of what's been reported and suggested is probably going to be set more likely in stone. So it's Reigns, Cody. Um, we've got Logan versus Seth. That's probably that's the thing. We've got the women's title matches all sorted now. So we've got Bianca versus we've got Bianca versus Oscar. We've got uh, Rhea Charlotte, versus Rhea. Charlotte. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. So everything is starting to kind of already. So I think I'd say probably a third of the card looks like it's all done at the moment. It'll be interesting so, to see what we it'll be interesting to see what the the day splits are like in terms of what matches happen on what day and how many. Yeah, I think. But of course, oh, go on. Sorry. Considering it is a Triple H run mania, hopefully that means it's a five or six, to five or six run night match or matches per night. Per I thought you could say five or six hours a night. I was like, no, oh, God, no. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Sorry, my, I, I mix my words up there a little bit. Um, no, I can imagine it being like five or six matches per night. That nice, comfortable number with a two-hour kickoff show <laughs> just to get everyone else involved. <laughs> a two-hour kickoff show. Because that, cause that's, that's, how, that's how it's been with the Vince-run shows. Whereas with the, with the Triple H shows, you've got your kickoffs, but not necessarily things happen on the kickoff show. So maybe things are a little bit more concise more more kind of pinpoint precisioned a bit of what we were going right we're going to have this woman's match on night on night one we're gonna have this woman's match on night two we're gonna have world title and well basically cody roman's going to be main event night two it's, that that will be that will be the weekend closer if you will that is the, that is the closer there's no there's no ifs or buts about it it's the closer but it's everything else around it so it's that getting mm. that balance right and again we'll have to see we'll have to see what really happens there but I would also be Roy, curious. Oh, again, sorry, pardon me. Sorry, off uh, no worries. Um, just quickly, the in terms of the U.S. Championship at the moment, Edge is answering Austin Theory's open challenge at the press conference for that. So um, I think the argument was, oh, he keeps talking about John Cena, and I don't like John Cena fans, <laughs> so, so I'm going to beat him up. But he's like, but I respect. I say, I respect. I respect John. He's a good worker. But I still have my rivalry with John, so I'm still going to be Austin Theory. He might be the peacemaker, but I'm narrated our superstar. Oh yes, in his or whatever money character plane. he was in Vikings, you know. Uh, I just remember Money Plane. I think he was in the Arrowverse. Was that Cody? No, Cody was in the Arrowverse, wasn't he? And Edge was in like Vikings and Haven and stuff like that. I'm digressing. Anyway. But um, but yeah, I'll also be interested to see ultimately how integral will the final SmackDown before Mania be? Because it seems like now the final SmackDowns before a Saturday event, premium live event, seem to have a little bit of implication as to what else is going to happen now. Mm. That's part of me just wonders that. But, uh, but on that note, good sir, that has been Elimination Chamber 2023. Any other additional thoughts before we wrap up today? And to those of you watching as well, if you've got any other comments in the chat that you would like to pass over before we go off, we'll see if we can read some before we go off the air. Good sir, any other closing thoughts on the show or random observations you may have had? Uh, just looking in the chat right now, uh, Harriet has come back saying, this is definitely Sammy's weekend from SmackDown to the main event. Just an amazing atmosphere throughout, thanks to the crowd. And heck yes, two worlds apart. I agree. I think if he if he came out trimly uh, uh, like beard trimmed flap cap, I think I think that would have been yes. This is this is all perfect. I mean, it didn't <laughs> happen, but it was still it was still quite nice that Walter Park came back. To be fair, his beard looked a lot more clean shaven than it has done in recent times. True, true. He's not gone down like the the conspiracy theorist route <laughs> yet. 
<laughs> oh wait, is that what's going to happen? Is he going to go back to that? No, no, no I, th- I think I think we've gone. I think we've gone beyond that. You've got a nice pure baby face now. Keep him a baby face now. <laughs> I imagine if they double back on that, it's a horrible thought. Oh no, no, no. Uh, I will say the only other random thought I did have was that I thought overall Michael Cole and Corey Graves did a, did a good job on commentary. Yeah, they're a good. They're a good team. They don't have Vince shouting in their ear, so I think that they've mm. been they've been a bit more fluid in terms of what they say, in terms of how they kind of really sell the atmosphere in the moments. So yeah, really good commentary. But also, well. just in terms of adding to the emotion of the evening as well, I think they did a they actually did a very good job of letting you really sort of sink in what was going on around you. And mm. sort of and and clarifying in some cases like what maybe the crowd was inferring. Because there were some chants, for example, in French, and I don't speak French because I never learnt the language in school. I learnt German. So while I could gather, okay, that's clearly an, an antagonistic chant towards Roman. Is it? And then Corey Graves, be it he knew or he purely guessed, just went, yeah, they don't like Roman, do they? <laughs> <laughs> Little things like that. But yeah, just a random observation there from myself. On that note, if you would like to stay in touch here on Bunker Mania, make sure you subscribe to our channel here because we will have more videos coming out over the coming week or so. We should be having some thoughts, uh, more of some Japanese wrestling actually, because New Japan Pro Wrestling's Battle in the Valley show took place during Elimination Chamber. And uh, I have seen all of that, so there will be a video coming talking a little bit about how that was and such very soon. And we'll likely have one or two other videos in the pipeline as well. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at Bunkermania UK. And of course, good sir, if people want to get in touch via email, what's the best way they can do that? Well, they can do a luba kick of their emails over to contact at bunkermania.com. Send us your thoughts of the show and where the storylines are going in general. What do you think is happening at Mania? We'd love to hear from you. Indeed. And on that note, thank you very much for watching. From myself, the giraffe and me, Jeremy Grays. From him, the decadane, Mr. Ian Bolton. We've been Bunkermania Wrestling. Until the next Wrestle Talk based program, because that's a different channel. Thank you for watching and talk <laughs> to you soon. Cross-branding. <laughs> Cross-branding, Jeremy. Cross-branding. But they are a lovely channel. Do support them. They are oh, they're amazing. great. I, I, I had a stream of consciousness. That's what I said, everyone. So you have to make do with that. But either way, folks, thank you very much for watching. And until next time, we will speak to you very soon. Have a nice rest of your weekend. <laughs>